Chatting to M Walker, the artist known as Thea, about her latest tracks, a CD she's picked from our library collection, and a few other things she's been working on. Uh, thanks for coming in. Oh my gosh, thank you. Thanks for having me. I was like so stoked to be asked. Oh, it's great. Because I'm like, I'm the total like, oh, I don't know. I just, I love libraries. Oh, that's that's so cool. I'll start off by asking you about briefly about your your first album, which is a yeah. CD that that caught my eye in the collection. So the CD we have in our collection is is a self-titled debut album, Fair, which did come out back in 2017. A lot would have changed since then, obviously. Um, do you want to say a brief few words and maybe summing up the style of, of this first album? Do you still have good memories of it? For sure, yeah. Well, it's like, it's really weird because I'm not actually um, sour at the record because I think it's a really sweet and very well written record but I'm I'm just so like I'm, I have a lot of trauma from that time when I released the record because I was just like so you know young and um by you know being thrown into the mist of like a you know it's such like a, a young artist at a label as well it's just so it's more like it just um, you know, stabs at my heart when I look at it and when I think about that time because it was very difficult, you know. And I feel like finally I've come into my own. So those are kind of like how I would describe it. But the record itself, if anyone wants to actually know um, how I would describe it, I, I mean, it would just be like dreamy electropop, really. Like, you know, it's electronic. Um, it's a little more alt than, say, like, regular mainstream electronic music that everyone's used to um but yeah so it's kind of like softer and gentle and very sad everything is so sad on it because i was very sad at the time <laughs> of course a, di a different stage of life yeah said. now it's like it's not that i'm not deep anymore but my music is more like angry and political i suppose yes um and yes. pointed as opposed to there where it was like obviously much more self-reflective and I, I don't know. It makes me sad and I struggle to actually, I don't perform my old stuff anymore and I don't listen to it because it, it makes me just feel, you know, think of a lost little girl, I guess. And I'm guessing and that's the reason why artists don't want to form their old stuff because they've moved on from that. Yeah. So it would be they've moved on probably that. emotionally or they seriously think like, you know, a lot of people think their stuff is shit <laughs> in the beginning. And I guess like I kind of, I don't think it's shit, but I'm like, Holy heck, I've definitely grown a lot since then, I guess. I mean, that what you said at the beginning is quite, that seems like quite a familiar story I've heard from interviews with other artists about being you're younger and you're on a major label and that's all news to you and also then realising how a label might limit you, limit you creatively. Yeah. <laughs> and look, that's, that seems to be a familiar story. Yeah, because I guess, like, well, they're not after, like, um, more obscure music that um, is navel-gazing or appeals to like a small group of people or underground you know they're after like huge hits that um, can do well in the mainstream and so if you're not into that it can be you know you feel really weird like you're not being authentic I guess mm. yeah no, that makes sense yeah and so and we can talk a bit about what's what's changed all the stuff that's changed since then that led it's led you up to where you are now, your current sound, your style, your vibe, yeah. if you want to put it. Um, and you can talk, talk me through briefly maybe what you've been up to 
since way back, way back with this first album, and what led up to your latest collaboration track, actually, Creep. Collaboration with the artist Vane, who's another rap, rap pop kind of artist. Yeah, artist, yeah. Who I didn't know as much about, but I did read the interview that you guys did with each other. Oh, yes. Under the Radar, which yes. was good insight. Yeah, and like to the kind of music you make now and what's influenced you. Yeah, so maybe talk a bit about the journey that's led. Well, I mean, if, if I go technically like two years ago, I mean, I left the major and went indie, which was like one of the, well, probably like truly probably one of the like coolest things I've ever done in my life because my mental health got so bad like when I was you know at my lowest it was just awful and so to leave and be independent um has been life-changing um and then therefore that's you know just meant that I've been able to I guess like I guess really just make the music that I want to make make the visuals I want to make not have anyone like breathing over my shoulder or anything and so I just feel yeah just really content and driven and I guess like just happy you know it's really cool so and adventurous I guess you know as well um so my music at the moment I mean I've released two records since I left the label which has been really awesome oh sorry one record actually I forgot that not your princess was with the label one record since I left the label, but Not Your Princess was pretty much like getting to the point where I was like very much more full of confidence and, mm. and knowing myself and where I wanted to go and everything. But the recent record I've just dropped, um, 99% Angel, is like effectively a whole entire record that was written about the label, which is really cool. And I guess my experience is like in the industry slash just growing up and being a woman and being a wahine Māori and being a wahine Māori takatāpui and like all of those layers you know kind of add up and I realised I just had a lot of trauma and a lot of processing to do like obviously I'll continue to you know grow and have things that I'm not stoked about but yeah it's just been great I guess just growing up a bit and um, feeling the freedom to speak my mind and my opinions and on injustice and things like that. That's cool. That's quite that's quite a journey. Yeah. <laughs> I'll come back when I talk about music videos and ask you more about the Creek song. <laughs> yeah, that's quite, yeah, true. That's like political or like issues based, obviously. True, true. For those, because there were people listening who weren't not who weren't not. So we'll talk about that. The other side of your, your artistic self, the project that's called Takahu. Takahu, which means the hawk. It's like the hawk, or um, for any bird nerds out there, the swamp harrier. Oh, specifically? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. It's like, um, and um, they have been in New Zealand, Aotearoa Nei, for over a thousand years, um, and they're, they're pretty remarkable. I love them so much. 
so you, you chose that for a reason, I'm guessing, is it like something like a favourite favorite bird or is it just for a... The reason why I chose to name the project Te Kahu is the, the full length of the uh, name is Te Kahu Orangi and so my uh, grandmother, my kui, her name's Rangirara and so that means like beyond the heavens effectively or like resting, uh, heavenly resting place and she passed away in 2016 and so like I'd always wanted to, and she'd been, I suppose, like, so hugely influential on me, um, you know, and I suppose, like, obviously identity-wise, but also even, you know, just in terms of grounding me um, with my music and everything like that, because her mother was my great-grandmother. Mi te Karaka is, like, a hugely infamous composer in Waikato and from our iwi, so it pretty much, like, therefore the name Te Kahu Orangi um, kind of means both Rangi's hawk um, because the kahu is like symbolic it's like a manu rangasira like a really noble bird to us as Māori and um, uh, well like a, a chiefly bird I suppose you could say um, and then Rangi is like nodding to both her name but also to the heavens because she's passed so mm. it kind of is like and since she passed away I've just never seen so many kahu in my life. It's kind of bonkers. So, like, mm. I suppose it's kind of just reflective of all of those things and that she's a kaitia kikiaho. You know, she's like a guardian for me. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. Um, I also just genuinely love them. And my auntie, her sister, is called um, Matakahu, which means Hawkeyes. Oh. So um, it, it kind of nods to both of um, them and their you know, manawahine, like the, the strong womanly strength Yeah, yeah. of the sisters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it's a solo project and you write and perform in Reo Māori and then if you perform live you have a band, band of friends or fellow musicians do, with you. yeah. And kind of linking to what you said about the symbolism and meaning behind the name Takahu, from what I've heard so far, I've seen you speaking on the radio a bit about this briefly, and watching the, the new video that just came to the first one, which was Ehenei, and there's a lovely kind of simple stripped back video, and and you were talking about your 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 kui, kui, yeah. kui or kuia meaning grandma or nana, and it's for for her and for your older aunties and grandmas. You said might you might prefer the softer softer sounds of these yes, songs, the sounds of yesteryear, <laughs> as opposed to like. Your hard hitting <laughs> in, um, indie alt pop. Yeah. Sounds, yeah. So that's like another side, which is kind of cool. Exactly. Like, oh, thank you. Roots. Yeah, I wanted and it to have, you know, it just, it was just right that the Kahu would have, and, you know, my um, Waiata Reo Māori would have their own space so that they wouldn't, because there's also like just such a tenderness and like a gentleness, and like also just a, a um, I don't know, like it's kind of ancient and a bit older and nods to that, you know, so it feels right that they sit in two different spots. But it's just me in between the two, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's just like it's another, another side of you as an artist. For the Stikahu project, I'm understanding it's all songs that you write, they're original Māori songs that you've written. Yes, yeah. But the sound, the sound that you're going for and definitely comes across, I think, it's like, yeah, like the songs of the good old, old days, roll up. <laughs> Songs and in the video, it's just your, it's just you singing. That lovely the the simple guitar strum, which is like yes. what some people might think of as oh the, the Māori strum. And it's really stripped, really stripped back, 
maybe some little a little bit of vocal effects but apart from that just that really simple soothing stripped back sound so you can just kind of feel the melody and the araha coming mm. from it that's that's how i thank you kind of thought you're going for do you want to say a few words about that video for ehenee yeah i mean i guess because um the song is so rich um but also very i mean it's minimal but also you know she's kind of yeah she is pretty like warm and like it's a very big um sound then i and also there's so many layers like honestly the amount of vocal tracks on there because i just like to double everything and then do like the angelic kind of choir vocals so like harmonies on top of harmonies um and then actually production wise um so that song in particular i wanted to nod to more of like our kapahaka um background and um, those waiata and the skill you know of writing like that um because of the richness um of the waiata then i wanted the video to be very very simple and just very minimal and very heartfelt and i was kind of inspired by sister Sinead O'Connor um, from Nothing Compares to You to just literally let it just be myself and thinking about I don't know just allowing myself to be really vulnerable and you know just feel what I was saying and feel the way do I guess of the way other and so that's exactly what happened and um it was literally just myself and then my matakira kahu which is my um the matakira is effectively the elbow to the fingertip of um the parido of the kahu so that's um what I'm clutching in the video quite a contrast because now we're going to talk about the, the, the Thea music video. Um, there's a Thea music from last year called Celebrity that came out in mid-May 2020, which I think for those in Auckland, that's when we were just kind of coming out of that big lockdown. But you were saying you filmed that in LA. Yes. Um, just before you were kicked out back to New Zealand yes. to get away New Zealand from. hadn't even gone in lockdown yet like it was but LA was shutting down so much it was crazy it was literally like um yes NZ had not gone into the lockdown yet it was like nearly about to go into a lockdown and so we shot um uh, the celeb video in Pasadena and uh, me and a very very small crew of amazing women and then uh Myself and my manager were effectively like pulling our hair out trying to figure out, uh, you know, what was happening with the flights and the embassy and blah blah blah. Anyway, we pretty much decided we've got to get this done, and I'm so grateful we did because we went to know the 
uh, you know, gravity of the situation and that we just wouldn't be able to go back and film or anything. So we literally filmed it in two days um, in multiple locations and then booked our flights, like got my prosthetics taken off and then we went straight in an Uber to the airport went landed in New Zealand people were like still walking around like in close distance like had no idea really what was happening and then literally um, like probably only two days later it was locked down it was crazy oh, so it, it, it was bonkers yeah. yeah yeah but you knew because you're in LA where oh my lockdown gosh. was coming a lot faster like last thing we do was a video and then straight to the airport yeah it was and so hectic wow it's that's Lucky. Like to the point where, you know, it's like um, just no one on the streets. Like there's a photo that um, Paula, my manager, took of me and I'm standing in the middle of Sunset Boulevard and there's just not even like a car in sight. And that when is that ever going to happen in your lifetime? Wow. It was it was really surreal and spooky. Spooky. Like you think on one hand. It was terrifying. Amazing historical photo, but also for the, sp the scariest reason. <laughs> I know, exactly. It was just, it was just totally crazy and chaos. So I'm really grateful that we got to do that and make yeah. that art. And we did it in a really safe way. You know, everyone was gloved up, masked up and everything, and then came back to New Zealand and it happened again. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you were probably expecting it, hopefully. Yeah, we um, were pretty yeah. much, like, experienced. Yeah. We were like, okay, we've already been in, like, effective lockdown for, like, two weeks, so what's another four? <laughs> mm, four, six. Like, <laughs> so, um, I didn't realise you were based, were you based in LA or were you just doing a trip? I was or? just doing, like, a trip, but um, with the intention that I was going to be based over there. I know, so it was meant to be over there for, I'd already been over there, like, um, you know, the year before and then the year before again, like I just adored it over there and the scene was great and have, um, you know, some really cool, like mates over there and stuff. But, um, yes, Damn. for now, I'm just, I'm very happy in yes. New Zealand, but I was so heartbroken when that happened though. Cause you know, ah. you like got your sessions lined up and everything. And then you're like, damn, you're one of the many, we talked about this in the previous interview, how like, Oh, it's great for us because people are forced to come back, but it's horrible if they were just starting something and wherever they were and they were forced to come back. So you'd, you'd had a couple of years living there and getting used to the scene and getting networking, I guess. But then 2020 was going to be the start of your longer stint. Say. Yes, that was that was the idea. I was ah. like, yeah, I'm going to do a record here, like with, you know, my oh. mates, do like performances and everything. But it, it was kind of remarkable, though, because um, this is one, obviously, COVID is just absolutely devastating. But one positive thing that helped me and gave me purpose, I suppose, and I didn't feel like all was gone, was that I returned to New Zealand and then all of these incredible cyber um parties and clubs started popping up and so I literally spent I'm not even kidding like the first lockdown um I had like four shows I was doing every week on zoom cyber shows like from LA New York um Canada like all of these places it was just so cool and then those uh some of those shows like about four of those shows have now started to go back to doing IRL like in real life um, shows again like mm. in their various cities so it was kind of cool because I guess I never would have gotten the opportunity to you know perform with some of the people that I love like um, you know Pussy Riot and everyone so it was really cool being able to do that 
on Zoom. Right. Oh, this was all on Zoom. <laughs> yeah, it was all on Zoom. Wow. Yeah, and now it's gone to in real life, but you yeah. know, COVID meant that I could do shows with people, uh, mm. you know, in New York and LA that I wouldn't normally get to if I was here, you know. Yeah, the whole live streaming shows was it, which I guess would have been on Zoom or Facebook Live or whatever people used. Some people use Twitch. There was like all sorts of platforms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had Minecraft. Um, I was part of like a several Minecraft um, live streams and things where we just make our sets and then they'd make our avatars and everything. It was really cool. It was yeah. really cool. So that was cool. We yeah, had good opportunities there. Like, if, like if you can't be at big overseas festivals in LA, you get to do the cyber version. I know. It was actually amazing because I feel like we're, you know, we've actually made. Um, it takes down a lot of the barriers, surprisingly, which you wouldn't think mm. it would, but there's like an element of exclusivity to in real life things and like even just getting the opportunity to perform it in real life things. Whereas when it was reduced to being online, it was just remarkable. Like it was just so much more inclusive. And I really think that format should keep you know, going into the future because yeah. when you've got, you know, people that are held back by like, um, you know, their disabilities and, um, or even their age and stuff, it just means everyone can take part. It's really amazing. Yeah. And it, like, it got very advanced, you know, there were like systems in place where people would be like effectively like online bouncers. And, um, if there was any homophobia, transphobia, racism, anything, they'd just get kicked out. It was really good. It was wow. very safe. <laughs> I don't think about it. Online bouncers, I guess kind of like chat room moderators, but for Yes, for the, for the parties, chat. yeah. For the live chat or parties. Party. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's definitely needed. And just, I suppose I should briefly say what the celebrity video is about. Oh my gosh, it's yes. It's like, I will, I will link to all the music videos, as I do with all these chats, so people can see. But it's a really striking one. You've got like white contact lenses, and like long hair and this kind of white, lacy dress on, and a creepy baby doll. Yes, Lots of faces. yes the baby doll, yes. So you're it's just about someone becoming a succubus? Yes, I'm a succubus. <laughs> and describe what, how do you, how you sum up with the, what the plot line of that video is? I guess the, the video sort of echoes the song, which is an ode to the cult of celebrity. Mm. Um, if anyone has remotely um, ever looked online or just ever been to a music industry or entertainment industry party, you will understand exactly what I mean. And the characters that inhabit that particular world, um, it's pretty much, you know, just all about people who, um, they're just in it, you know, for the fame or for the ego and things like that. And so I wanted to, I guess, give more of a story and make a character. And um, so effectively the celebrity music video, I mean, it's shot in, of course, the mecca of celebrity culture, which is LA. And um, it's me uh, who just starts off as like a cute kind of relatively innocent LA girl. And I've got um, like a flock of these nymph, elf um groupies and then eventually you know like along with the song as i'm just getting totally bought into the cult of fame and just more self-obsessed and more isolated and more you know ignorant and narcissistic then um i change and go from you know being all in white um to being all in black with complete like black eye contact lenses and horns and everything like that, you know, completely isolated. And we went from shooting outside uh, in a really beautiful lake in Pasadena 
to being in this crazy mansion um, and you know it was just it went from you know being outside and open um, to being totally shut off from the world and from reality and right. from your family and your friends and everything you know just being totally alone okay it's quite it's quite the story it's very dark <laughs> but yeah, it looks yeah. great it does look great yeah big track which is a collaboration with artists called Vane that you met at a place called Song Hubs so it's like a workshop yes yeah and then it was the, the yeah. real Māori Song Hubs as well it was the first of its kind oh wow great which is really cool but the aim being that you know a bunch of artists get together and then you write and hopefully release songs that have elements of real Māori um, and every single artist was uh, Māori as well which is great mm-hmm. oh that's great and so did you know, had you met Vane? No, like we'd literally never met before. And um, there was a curator and then he, you know, just decided uh, which artist went with which, mm. you know, each time. And so we just got put together, uh, had never met, had no idea. Like we knew each other's styles, you know, like mm. I suppose that, you know, I'm more old and she's more um, like, I guess, hip hop. Um but yeah, we just never worked together or anything. And so then we just rocked up, had a producer there, um, talked about kind of, I guess, like our feelings and what we agreed on, you know, what were similar experiences. Yeah. And above all, I guess, um, above everything, we were very convicted to write a song about um, the creeps in our society and those who, I guess, prey on the vulnerable and just on young people and women especially um, thinking about you know our dodgy uncles and the fact that everyone knows that they're dodgy but no one does anything about it because it's kind of like oh that's just blah 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 and so we were, we had such strong feelings on that we were like we have to do that and so it kind of went from there and we just it was so easy to write it was really amazing it was definitely like meant to be the energy was just really cool and um, yeah so that's creep and then we went on a whole tour forward as well which was great together and it was just so amazing and so like whoever was on second um would perform creep in their set and then the other one who went first would join them on stage and it was like the last song of the night it was really special ah. oh so you'd take turns being first yeah yeah. Be yeah yeah like depending on and also you know because um Hannah Vane is from um, Kirikiriroa from Hamilton so like she obviously um, went second for there because yes. that's like her home yes. crowd and so we kind of like swapped around you know it was really yeah. cool cool um, and so that's a bit about what the song's about the video because I I hadn't seen the video until after I'd seen 
you um, you and Vane performed Creep at the, the BFM Drive Island free show, which is probably the yes. first time I'd properly seen you live. That was great. And then I saw the video sometime after when I was looking into doing this chat, and it literally spins you out. Like, but um, the camera's spinning round and round. Yeah. And it's it's like physically a spinning yeah. as well. It's Whoa. So crazy. So the first time you watch it, you might. Well, a little bit dizzy or disorientated, and I'm thinking this to make you feel like you're in a club and spinning around because it's black and white. Is that right? In a club, yes, yeah. Club setting, filmed in GAY. Yes, in yes, Cairo, yeah. Which I'm sure was chosen for. Filmed in a queer club with all of our queer friends, which yeah. was really special. So it was like very, very safe and. Um, yeah, just even like the diversity of the group. We were so stoked. Like, you know, it was mostly um, POC, um, pretty much all queer. Um, and yeah, we kind of just wanted to nod to like, I suppose we're like multiple things. Like one just gives like a really cool treatment where um, it shows the raw energy of when we perform, which is, you know, where you can really feel the anger and feel the passion and everything like that. And then secondly, I suppose, um, nod to kind of the old school, like the, the 90s, like grunge videos and everything like that, which are, you know, pretty raw and unhinged. Um, and then thirdly, just to, you know, be able to include our community and, um, uh, film somewhere that was going to be like a safe space instead of you know the hetero clumps which get like a bit uh, I don't know it's just not necessarily the piece you want to film a video about standing up for uh, against sexual assault and things like that you know what mm -hmm. I mean um, and so it just made sense to like include the community and do it in a really intimate and cool space yeah yeah if it was um and also GAY is a place that you and your friends in the video was like kind of like home to for like your weekend hangout yeah but with the camera spinning yeah I'm just curious about whose idea was that because it's like well that's it's quite a wild ride to capture that light yes true well I wanted um I wanted it to spin um because Connor who filmed it he's kind of started off doing live um filming like of live shows and everything mm -hmm. and so in some of his earlier videos and things like he would totally employ that tactic which just looks amazing and always makes everything look extremely interesting in my opinion um and also just gives the energy I mean you wouldn't want to do it necessarily for like a like a folk <laughs> a folk kind of thing but it totally gives energy to you know that that kind of genre and vibe um because he does a lot of you know hip-hop and um urban kind of music and so yeah I was like oh my gosh imagine that and I didn't want it to be in color I just really wanted it to be in black and white so you could you know strongly see our faces and just feel the energy and not be distracted by you know crazy colors and things like that mm. I felt like black and white was quite refreshing well to my eyes at least because you're constantly stimulated by colors nowadays it's really nice to just make it black and white mm. you know and it shows off like the um, you, like there's the shot where we poo Connor and I'm like oh my gosh I like, can only see the whites of your eyes yeah, yeah. it looks really magic <laughs>